Welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Linton podcast, coming to you from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee. Be sure and check us out and like us on Facebook and Instagram, and follow us on Telegram as well as on the website of libertyleadershipandlies.com. You can subscribe to notifications on the website to follow the blog there. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at libertyleadershipandlies.com. Again, that is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. Now, on to the episode. Lies. There are lies everywhere you turn today. On the internet, television news, print news, if you actually still read an actual paper, newspaper or magazine anymore, on the radio, the lies are so pervasive, penetrating every medium we use to get information. In fact, they are so pervasive, it is paralyzing us, keeping us from being the active participants in our own self-governance. These lies just don't come from one source either, or one political party. I know there are many conservatives out there that think the Democrats have a monopoly on the lies that elected officials tell the population. The conservatives that have made their home in the Republican Party, or the GOP, are being lied to by that political party. You only have to look at their actions in the U.S. Congress in recent years. Heck, even more recently with the passage of huge spending bills that are placing the people of this country in perpetual debt bondage. We've spoken about that many times before, as well as the artful lies our elected so-called representatives give to legislation that robs us of our sweat equity. The latest monstrosity that passed the U.S. House of Representatives is the recently signed into law H.R. 3684, named the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Of the $1.2 trillion in spending in that bill, only $110 billion would fund infrastructure such as roads and bridges. You know, those things that are actually infrastructure. At least until government schools dumb down our population and change definitions. There's also a giveaway in this bill with zero oversight and accountability to Amtrak in the amount of $66 billion. Guess what? Amtrak belongs to the government. It's not a private company. Isn't that wonderful? The government gave the government $66 billion to keep funding a government money pit without any accountability mechanisms attached to the money. Of course. And then how is defining gender identity as a protected class anything to do with infrastructure? Well, it's because our Congress lies to us while robbing us to pay for their lies. This bill also gives out digital equity grants, partially based on racial or ethnic minority status. That sounds about equality, doesn't it? Do any of you remember Brandon, I mean Biden, stating on media outlets, without any pushback from them, of course, that his bill would not add one dime to the deficit? He said it is already paid for, entirely. Really? Just like his lie about the debt ceiling that needs to be raised because of past spending. Well, the Congressional Budget Office scored this bill and found that this monstrosity of a lie about infrastructure would add $256 billion to the already out-of-control deficit. Additionally, the Penn-Wharton budget model stated that the bill would add no significant level of economic growth. 
But wait, doesn't it have the words Jobs Act in the title? More jobs equals economic growth. No jobs means no significant economic growth. This could only be signed into law if members of the GOP in both houses of Congress allowed it. How is that small government fiscal responsibility GOP working out for you voters out there? Of course, by rule, the House of Representatives attached their constitutional authority statement to this abomination. It states that Congress has the power to enact this legislation pursuant to the following. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1, Clause 3, and Clause 18. Let's break that down a bit. Of course, by now the audience should be familiar with Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution. We talk about it frequently here on the show. It is Congress's enumerated powers, meaning their only powers to pass laws. Also meaning that if there is not a power listed in Article 1, Section 8, Congress can't do it. They have blown that away for more than 100 years now, but let's focus on those clauses this bill specifically mentioned as their authority. Clause 1, which is the General Welfare Clause, Clause 3, the Commerce Clause, and Clause 18, the Necessary and Proper Clause. Clause 1 grants the Congress to lay and collect taxes to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. The general welfare is one of, if not the most abused clause of the Constitution because of those words, general welfare. We've discussed this in the past. The communists, socialists, and liars in the two major political parties have sold the electorate on the words general welfare in that clause. General welfare, in the eyes of the founders and the writers or the authors of the Constitution, meant to keep the government, the republic, free of debt. The lies these people have been telling us in their legislation for decades have completely turned those words upside down and created a welfare state where we the people are now in perpetual debt bondage to the tune of nearly $30 trillion. To stop this and turn it around, we must quit electing liars to the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. Now, Clause 3 grants the Congress the authority to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with the Indian tribes. They have stretched this clause to the point where they are regulating the absence of commercial activity or commerce between the states, that they can regulate the absence. Or they will attempt to regulate commerce that only occurs solely within a state's boundaries, which is not one of the enumerated powers of Congress. In fact, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals just recently put a halt on the usurper chief's vaccine mandate citing that the federal government violated the Commerce Clause. The judge stated, and I quote, the mandate likely exceeds the federal government's authority under the Commerce Clause because it regulates non-economic activity that falls squarely within the state's police power. A person's choice to remain unvaccinated and forego regular testing is non-economic activity. He goes on to say the Commerce Clause power may be expansive, but it does not grant Congress the power to regulate non-economic activity traditionally within the state's police power. Unquote. Now, where was this judge when the government wanted to abuse Clause 1 and Clause 3 by forcing the people within the individual states to purchase health insurance, to force them into economic activity? You all know what I'm referring to. Anyway, back to pervasive and paralyzing lies about the falsely labeled Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. The last clause the House of Representatives cites in their constitutional authority statement is Clause 18, 
the necessary and proper clause. This is the second most abused and lied about clause that Congress uses to place we the people into bondage. Clause 18 states, to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution the foregoing powers and all other powers vested by this Constitution in the government of the United States or in any department or officer thereof. What Congress forgets most often, and on purpose as well, is the words in the clause that state, into execution, the foregoing powers. Meaning Congress has the authority to pass laws that fall within the strict limitations of the 17 previous clauses of Article 1, Section 8. Not anything that's necessary and proper to executing laws. Because remember, if you list powers that Congress has, any power or authority not on the list is reserved for the states and for the people. So Congress twists, lies about Clause 1 and Clause 3, to rob us of our sweat equity, to exercise authority far outside of its enumerated powers. The gall they have in selling this garbage legislation that does indeed add to the deficit, vomits the word equity more than 60 times throughout it, and does not provide any significant economic activity, meaning jobs, the liars in Congress often use the word free in selling their lies to the electorate. I can't believe that anybody in our electorate still believes anybody in Congress telling us that any legislation provides anything for free. Do they, the electorate, not see or hear about the national debt which every taxpayer pays for? For example, Congressman Ro Khanna, who represents the 17th Congressional District of the People's Republic of California, wrote an op-ed where he states that he proudly voted for the falsely labeled infrastructure bill. He wrote, and I'm quoting here, It includes free preschool for three- and four-year-olds and provides families with affordable child care. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no such thing as a free lunch. Somebody is paying for it. Even the misguided, low-information voters that put him in office. While there may not be a direct payment out of their wallets or bank accounts, anything that the government states is free is paid for with taxes or fees. Yep, even paid for by the poor schlub that voted for Santa Claus. And that same thing happens here in Tennessee, too. It happens on every state and every local level. We've discussed it plenty on this show that we have a GOP supermajority in our Tennessee General Assembly in addition to a GOP governor. Yet what have they done? Handed over control of our rights and our tax dollars to a corporation? The lies they will tell the electorate to paralyze us into inaction? We'll protect your rights, they will tell us in their campaigns and their oaths of office once elected. Then they turn around and they tell us they will only protect the rights of citizens up until the point it will undercut deals with corporations or put federal funding into jeopardy. They will lie, cheat, and steal to get into office to either enrich themselves or to gain power and influence over large numbers of people. Nothing about their service in office has anything remotely to do with true servant leadership. Just selfish purposes. Let's pause for a word from a supporter of this podcast. Are you looking for a vacation that offers excitement and peaceful tranquility? You can get both right here in East Tennessee. 
Sevierville, which is the home of Dolly Parton and the world-famous Dollywood, in addition to the many family-friendly attractions in Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, provide the fun and excitement to the tranquil backdrop of the beauty of the rivers, streams, waterfalls, hiking trails, and mountaintop views in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Sean Kelly and his family would love to encourage you to consider vacationing here at the Gateway to the Smoky Mountains. While there are several lodging companies you could choose from, Sean and his family have over 75 years of experience in the hospitality sector. If you are looking for a company with hometown values, where quality accommodations and cleanliness are paramount to your overall guest experience, look no further than Smoky Mountain Cabins of Tennessee. Book with confidence and be sure to tell the Kellys that you are their special guest to receive a 10% discount on reservations. Please be aware, though, that some restrictions do apply. So call now, toll-free at 866-289-8818. You can also look at their cabins online at www.smcabinstn.com. So call now and book your vacation here in the Smoky Mountains with Sean and the Smoky Mountain Cabins of Tennessee staff. They are experts in creating mountain memories one stay at a time. Once again, the number is 866-289-8818 and the website is www.smcabinstn.com. Remember to let the Kellys know that you heard about them here on the podcast when booking your vacation in the Smoky Mountains. Let's get back to pervasive and paralyzing lies now and the incorrectly or deceptively titled H.R. 3684, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Remember how I've told you all there is very little difference between the two major political parties right now? The GOP, or the Republican Party, used to represent the political party of lower taxes, smaller government, and individual rights. Well, not so much now. Hence, we get 13 House and 18 Senate GOP members voting to place the people in the states they represent into debt bondage for generations. In fact, the leader of the GOP in the Senate voted in favor of this abomination of a bill. Now, this Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act has been signed into law, and there's not much we the people can do about it now. Not until more people wake up to the fact that our government hates us and we get rid of them all and replace them with true servant leaders. But we can still stand against sleepy, poopy pants Joe's Build Back Better Act. Email and call your senators every day. Encourage them not to support this. This is just more trillions of dollars of debt that we really cannot afford. I mean, who knew equity would be so expensive? The word equity is mentioned more than 60 times in the recently passed huge tax burden bill that has little to no relation to its name. Equity is getting more and more expensive as the definition is being continuously modified. You all know that I was recently provided the opportunity to address some fellow Tennesseans this past weekend at a rally in Hartsville, Tennessee that was called the Let's Go Brandon Freedom Rally. Before I talk about the remarks I gave at the rally, I have to give some credit to the organizers, the speakers, and the music artists that performed there. Despite the temperatures at the outdoor rally, it was a truly enjoyable event, and I hope there are more of them in the future. I got to meet and talk with a bunch of citizens concerned about the direction of this country. Not just with unconstitutional mandates issued under the guise of healthcare, but with just about everything that is happening in the public square for more than a year now. Truth be told, evidence that our government hates us 
has seeped into the open for generations now, but our eyes were not opened to them. The actions of governments at the local, state, and federal levels during the early stages of the COVID pandemic has started to open people's eyes. Seeing the garbage that is being forced down our children's throats in government schools is also waking people up. People are waking up to the truth that our government really does hate us. Hate us enough to steal an election from an outsider that was upending their plans. Hates us enough to weaponize the DOJ and the FBI against parents that are speaking out against the racist ideology that is critical race theory. Hates us enough to force the entire population to subject themselves to a vaccine that does not provide immunity or prevent the spread of the virus. Hates us enough to even change the definition of vaccine because what they are selling us as a vaccine does not meet the old definition of a vaccine. And it hates us enough to tell people that their jobs or their small businesses are not essential. The lengths our government will go to in order to retain its grip on control are astonishing. And all of these things are starting to wake people up. Not enough in my mind, but more and more people are waking up every day to the reality that our government wants total and complete control over every aspect of our lives. At this rally, there was a lot of discussion about the biggest pandemic in our republic right now. Of course, those on the side of power and control think that a virus with a greater than 97% survival rate is the biggest pandemic in the world and our country right now. I do not believe that that is the biggest pandemic in the world, let alone in the Republic. A lot of speakers at the rally, along with the majority of those in attendance, think that the biggest pandemic in our Republic is fear. Now that is somewhat true, but something drives the fear. It's true in the sense that our government, at all levels, uses fear to exert control. But they use fear that is created by their lies. Those lies that are so pervasive in every aspect of our lives that it paralyzes us to the truth. It paralyzes us and keeps us from acting. The truth that our government hates us and is implementing an oligarchy of elites that erodes all of our liberties. Just look to what is going on in Australia right now. If you think that that cannot happen here, Just stay asleep until the day comes when you cannot leave your house for fear of a highly survivable COVID infection. Well, as I have stated many times on this show, the biggest pandemic in our republic right now is not fear. And it's definitely not a virus with a higher than 97% survival rate. Nope, our biggest pandemic is apathy. People are aware that we have state and federal constitutions, in addition to having access to all of them at all times. They just choose not to read them, or the history behind them, or they ignore the fact that they were written to limit government, not to limit the citizens. In choosing not to read and understand the documents that created and limited our governments, we have chosen apathy over liberty. If we did not suffer the pandemic of apathy, Government would not be able to use fear and fear of a virus to exert control over us. If we did not suffer the pandemic of apathy, we would know that the Tennessee General Assembly, the legislative branch of state government, cannot delegate to the governor, the executive branch of state government, 
the powers that he wielded with executive orders during the state's response to COVID. And that was the main point of my speech during the rally. And it was also this. During my time on active duty as a senior enlisted sailor, it was necessary to train on and become proficient in the use of the weapons in our inventory that we could use them to defeat the enemy in combat. In fact, when I conducted leadership training around the globe, I often remarked that it was the job of every sailor, regardless of their chosen or assigned specialty, it all boiled down to one essential fact. Everyone's job in the military is to kill the enemy and break their stuff. Of course, I used much more colorful language, partly to show the intended audience that if they were offended or afraid of foul words or foul language, they were definitely in the wrong business. Our enemies would be hurling more than just curse words at us, so they needed to be prepared. The best weapon, though, of the citizen is our constitutions at the state and federal levels. Our apathy towards those documents has allowed our government to bastardize those documents and to great effect too because they train on how to do that and they do it extremely well. That is how they pass legislation that robs us of our sweat equity and then tells us it is authorized under the general welfare or the necessary and proper clause knowing they are not guided by what the founding fathers meant by those words in those clauses. They have for generations lied to the American people about our state and federal constitutions. They have weaponized them against the people, completely flipping the purpose of those documents on their heads. We must hold President Lincoln at his word when he said, We the people are the rightful masters of both Congress and the courts, not to overthrow the Constitution, but to overthrow the men who would pervert the Constitution. Our governments are perverting our constitutions. We must throw off the apathy that our elected officials have fertilized and grown among the electorate. We must train and become proficient in using our constitutions for their true intended purpose, to limit government. Let's pause for a word from another support of this podcast. For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto, located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha, in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and Professional Auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to Professional Auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Roads area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the phone number is 757-962-0102. Another example of the pervasive and paralyzing lies out there are the ones the media has been spreading about Kyle Rittenhouse and his trial. The actual testimony in the trial should serve as a huge wake-up call 
to how the media will twist and push a narrative that the usurpers in government want them to. In this case, it is lies about gun control. The prosecution's case was a daily implosion of the lies spread about that young man on a continuous basis ever since that fateful night in Kenosha when a 17-year-old boy had to defend his life with a firearm. Then the mockery by liberal woke Twitterazzi about the young man breaking down into tears on the stand when recounting the events. How many of those weak, soy boy liberals would even have the courage to touch, much less fire an AR-15? They would break down into tears at the mere sight of a firearm in their presence. Anyway, back to the lies pushing gun control and specifically how they relate to this case. What the usurpers and media enablers are trying to get across is that you and I do not have a right to defend ourselves against an angry mob. They are trying to tell us that Kyle put himself in that situation and therefore no longer has the right to self-defense. He does not have the right to exercise the first law of nature or of nature's God, the right of self-defense. Why? Because even though our government does not respect us very much right now, they do understand that many Americans believe in our constitutionally protected, God-given right of self-defense that is enshrined in our Second Amendment. They respect that a good portion of the population is armed and will exercise their rights. After all, the Second Amendment was not added to the Constitution for hunting or for self-defense for that matter. It was put in the Constitution so that citizens would always have the ability to overthrow a tyrannical government. The political class do not want you and I to know that, which is why our Constitution and its history is not taught that much in public, I mean, government schools. Again, I would point to Australia in this case. The citizens there allowed their government to take away their firearms in 1996. Now what is happening? Well, on or about 17 December in Queensland, Australia, People who are not fully vaccinated will not be allowed to visit hospitals, hotels, pubs, clubs, taverns, bars, restaurants, and cafes. They will not be able to attend live music events or go to sports stadiums or theme parks or music festivals and art festivals. They will not be able to visit government-owned museums or libraries. And weddings that have anybody that's unvaccinated in attendance, they'll be limited to 20 people in size. Then vaccine passports are required so businesses can deny you entry or use of their facilities. And these types of restrictions are happening all over the globe, too. The only thing preventing that design of a full-blown oligarchy of elitism from happening here in the United States of America is our Second Amendment. That is why the new aristocracy and their media enablers work so hard to push lies about gun control on what is an increasingly apathetic electorate. So, some final thoughts on the pervasive and paralyzing lies that our government and their media enablers spread to get compliance. We all need to rid our country of the pandemic that is apathy. It has gripped our republic for far too long now. We need to fight back to ensure that government no longer encroaches on our God-given, constitutionally protected rights. Our weapon in this fight is our constitutions. Read them. For the federal constitution, read the Federalist Papers. Those documents that were written by the same men that authored the constitution so that you can gain insight in the words used and what they actually mean. 
Not the Constitution that is interpreted by men and women in black robes that pass down judicial decisions tens, even hundreds of years after the document was written, as if somehow their insight is much better than the men who actually authored the Constitution. For those of us here in Tennessee, always keep Article 1, Section 1 of our state constitution in mind when dealing with our state's government. It states that all power is inherent in the people and all free governments are founded on their authority and are instituted for their peace, safety, and happiness. For the advancement of these ends, they, meaning us, we have at all times an unalienable and indefeasible right to alter, reform, or abolish the government in such manner as they may think proper. Lastly, let's discuss the reality of a wasted vote. A wasted vote, as I have said before, is voting for more of the same. Do we keep voting for Democrats who are surrendering their platform and party to the woke mob who would destroy our republic? Destroy our republic's very founding through racist and divisive indoctrination of our children in government schools? Destroy our republic in doing away with institutions that are in place to ensure public safety by defunding the police? so that chaos and destruction can reign in our streets? The same chaos and destruction that forces a 17-year-old boy to defend himself by taking the lives of a wife-beater and a child molester that meant to do him serious harm or death. Or vote for the political party and embolden their media enablers that for a year now stood against an individual's right of self-defense and stood alongside rioters and looters. Or do we vote for the GOP that negotiate away our rights of medical freedom to a tyrannical federal government so the teat of federal funding isn't shut down? Or vote for the GOP that hop on the bandwagon of placing the American people into perpetual debt bondage? Voting for them is a wasted vote. Know this, that I stand against anybody that is against our constitutions and anybody that violates their oaths just for political expediency. For Sevier County residents, I would politely ask that you no longer vote for the same old, same old. Consider me. For other listeners of this program, I would ask that you visit my website and support my campaign to actually ensure that somebody who knows how to fulfill an oath is sent to Nashville. Before we close the show, I'd like to leave you with this from God's Word. Proverbs 26, 6. Their malice may be concealed by deception, but their wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. We, the assembly, are starting to awaken to their deception. We need more to awaken and join in the fight to restore our constitutional republic. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.